Hi, this is Jackie Hedeman. I do this podcast with Kate Lebron. The podcast is The Cold Take, and today we're talking about unicorns. And to talk about unicorns, we have written each other letter essays, as we always do. We're going to read them, and we're going to talk about them. So, welcome. And so, we're back. We're back. <laughs> uh, oh, but so this woman in my hometown, I know where we were, yes. died because uh, she was driving by a domestic dispute and someone happened to try to shoot somebody else. It was like this dude tried to shoot his female partner. Oh, my God. And the shot instead missed and went out the window and hit this girl in her car. And uh, she managed to drive herself to the hospital because she was in her car already yeah. where she died. That is horrifying on so many levels. So I'm always like, like, domestic disputes are super dangerous for, like, the people who are involved with them. Yes. But then, like intervention is also dangerous. Yes. I don't know. I'm not, like, anti-intervention. I'm just, no. like, <laughs> intervene safely. I always have that on my mind, though. Like, because <laughs> I want to be the person who intervenes. Yeah. But, yeah, shit like that, you hear about it happening pretty often. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, case in point, this awful Portland uh, domestic terrorism incident. I know. I was like, <laughs> I feel like there's something in the news recently yes. like that, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Where Not it's, that. like, obviously, the, you like, someone has to intervene. But then if you do, it's yeah. just hard because it's, like, then what do you tell people? Still yeah. intervene. Still intervene. You might get killed. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> Too darn bad. Nihilism. You would not know it from the opening of this episode, but today we're talking about unicorns. <laughs> and not domestic violence. Or, <laughs> or stuff like that. Anything. And I'm uh, reading first, so mm-hmm. I'm going to take this opportunity to do so. It's a shorter letter than usual. Mine is too, I'm glad. Okay. okay, cool. Dear Cade, ever since we added unicorns to the list of possible letter topics, I've really been looking forward to writing this letter. I have personal experience with tattoos, with pets, with high school superlatives and beer and crop tops, and I'm living an inevitable apocalypse. <laughs> unicorns are inherently conceptual in a way that none of those other things are. They mean something more than they are. They mean something more than they are something. I should have known that sentence was going to be trouble. (laughs) The problem is they mean so many things. When I sat down to write, no immediate angle presented itself. So I texted some people. I texted them, lightning round. What's the first thing off the top of your head that comes to mind when you hear unicorn? Half the people I texted were asleep. My cousin Rachel replied, though. She wrote simply, Voldemort. (laughs) I had completely forgotten that scene in the first Harry Potter. Voldemort crouching over a dark figure in a dark forest, drinking blood straight from a unicorn. In the Potter mythology, according to the centaur Harry talks with, quote, the blood of a unicorn will keep you alive, even if you're an inch from death, but at a terrible price. You've slain something pure and defenseless to save yourself. You'll have but a half-life, a cursed life, from the moment the blood touches your lips, end quote. I texted your roommate Meg the same question. She replied, eyeshadow, virginity. (laughs) Unicorn eyeshadow is definitely a thing. I know this because, as we've established, I sometimes watch vlogs to fill the silence in my soul. (laughs) And yes, virginity. In the medieval Flemish unicorn tapestries, the taming of a unicorn by a virgin um, happens at some point. This sentence trails off. I just wrote this letter, by the way. Um, Well, yeah, okay, I know what I was going to say. So it's sort of like the high point, the, like, climax of the narrative presented in the tapestries. Mm. Um, Back to the letter. There's possibly a Virgin Mary allegory at work. The tapestry, by the way, culminates in a panel known as quote, the unicorn is in captivity and no longer dead, end quote, which, I don't know, I feel that. (laughs) My mom, by the way, once dragged me to see a different set of unicorn tapestries before I was ready to appreciate them. The Lady and the Unicorn is a set of six tapestries, also medieval, also Flemish. In the Harry Potter movies, these show up in the Gryffindor common room. In our text exchange, Meg also sent me a gif from the 2005 viral animation Charlie the Unicorn, a video I remember plaguing my late high school years as my classmates greeted each other breathily in the, high w- in the hallway. Candy Mountain, Charlie! <laughs> Kate is making kill me gestures. <laughs> Gently. <laughs> I had completely forgotten about this video. My two unicorn associations are 90s Lisa Frank notebooks and the briefly uber-popular 2010 online video game Robot Unicorn Attack. They share an aesthetic, rainbow overload and intense omnipresence. (laughs) Robot Unicorn Attack is an endless game. You get three lives and make a running unicorn jump over obstacles. When you fail, inevitably, you're shown a game over screen with a severed robot unicorn head. 
Robot Unicorn Attack was emblematic of the early 2000 teens. What are we calling this decade, by the way? It coexisted alongside Lady Gaga's Monster Ball Tour. In the spirit of Maximum Camp, the song that endlessly looped under the running unicorn was Erasure's Always. <laughs> Writing for a publication called Eurogamer, and I straight up lifted this quote from Wikipedia, Kieran Gillen explained the game thusly. Like a comet made of gold, glitter, and Lady Gaga's eyelashes, Robot Unicorn Attack circled the Earth and filled the firmament with its irresistible radiance for the whole of 2010. It changed lives. It challenged sexualities. It involves pressing two buttons. It is undoubtedly the greatest game of all time, which features a robot unicorn. <laughs> There's something queer about unicorns, obviously. Queer in the queer theory sense, even back when they hadn't picked up their rainbow accoutrements and were just hanging with virgins. There's nothing heteronormative about a unicorn. There might be something sexist about all the virginity stuff, but that's not the unicorn's fault. So nostalgia-fueled or not, maybe the unicorn is the perfect millennial mascot, at least for this month. Unicorns, like almost everything else allegedly unique to millennials, their problems included, have been around forever. Unicorns, like a record number, number of millennials, are, let's say, not straight. What they are is hashtag aesthetic, meme-ready, dipped in glitter, a signifier drowning in signifieds. How the fuck is that pluralized? Nothing is truly universal, but if you want a unicorn to mean something to you, some identity, some feeling, some flavor, some hope for the future, it probably can. I texted my friend Anna Shea to ask her about her unicorn associations. She replied, The first first thing I think of is the time we made a sparkly unicorn party hat for my roommate, and she actually cried with joy. Bingo, I thought, reading her text. This is exactly it. We're getting into unicorns, buying and using unicorn coloring books, ripping out the pages and decorating our walls, drinking noxious unicorn frappuccinos, wearing unicorn sweatshirts... A little bit because of omnipresent 90s nostalgia, but also because, despite their various and sundry associations, they're pretty much just pure light. And I don't know about you, but at the moment I could use some of that. Love, Jackie. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go rip up my letter. Except oh, no! Uh, we were talking about how we never disagree. Yes. But except this time, I warned Jackie that my letter is kind of anti-unicorn, and she was like, oh, I wrote a really pro-unicorn letter. Yes, I'm this excited really about... a really good pro-unicorn letter, I'm, so I'm fuck. delighted to have gone first. <laughs> I'll probably wind up agreeing with you also, like, uh, even as you agree with me. Let's just end the podcast. It's <laughs> over. Um, I love the sense of history here. Yeah. Also, I feel like your mom would be so proud. Wouldn't she? She'd be like... I knew, I knew you would appreciate that at a later date. Jackie's mom is an art historian. <laughs> she Am is. I correct? You yes. are correct. Okay, uh, and the, yeah, I just feel like she would, you know, have she good feelings about this. Definitely. I also, <laughs> I just kind of forgotten that unicorns like had a history. Yeah. I think sometimes when something becomes like so culturally omnipresent mm -hmm. in one particular way, it's like, oh, it didn't exist before this moment. Yeah. Much like rosé, except totally. like I have more history with rosé than I have with unicorns. <laughs> Make of that what you will, world. <laughs> That's so true, though. I mean, like, even... Because as I was thinking about sort of, like, what the fuck do I write about unicorns this morning before I, like, st started sending out the texts and, like, gathering my thoughts, I was very kind of trapped in, like what unicorns mean right now. Mm. Nothing and everything. That's where my letter's trapped in. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Okay, cool. No spoilers. Um, but then also the other thing was like, okay, unicorns were also vaguely in when I was a child. Mm. But like, I didn't give two shits about them at the time. No. Like, they were like a little too girly, maybe, mm. for like my, I don't know, such whatever aesthetic I had, and, like, I had one Lisa Frank notebook, but I wasn't, like, looking for others. <laughs> um, you weren't on the prowl No, for Lisa Frank? The one I had is the one I used to spy on the people in my neighborhood, <laughs> a la Harriet the Spy, my hero. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to ask? Uh, oh, did you tell the people that you texted that you were asking for an episode? I did. Because uh, I'm like, all these people listen to our podcast. They do. Not a coincidence. Not a coincidence. All of these people are also incredible listeners, because they... And the two people I texted who were asleep also listen to the podcast. Hi, Janie. Uh, Hi, Tanya. Sorry. Uh, I had to write this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and do it today. Yes. 
how will we please our fans with timely unicorns? Exactly. They're not slackers. One works nights and the other is in a foreign country. Um, (laughs) um, um, I haven't seen these unicorn tapestries. I feel like I want to see them, but then, like, that's, like, not the purpose of an audio podcast. (laughs) They're so good. I mean, look (laughs) them up if you want to, people, because... So the first one, the one that's just called the unicorn tapestries, I think is also called the hunt for the unicorn. And the, like, ultimate panel, the one that's called the unicorn is in captivity and no longer dead, is, like... It's either poignant or hilarious. I haven't decided. I think, like, obviously... Hashtag the world. Exactly. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> context is everything, but it's just, like, this unicorn kind of, like, on its haunches sitting in a pen, but the pen is very low, and so it's just kind of, like, hanging out there, chilling. I have seen this. You probably yeah. have. It's kind of, like, it's one of those pieces of art where you're like, oh, wait, no, that's everywhere. It is. And then um, the other one... I think is probably even more everywhere. I Fun fact, I thought they were kind of the same thing. So when I started writing this, I thought I had seen the first one, but actually I've seen the second one. <laughs> um, oh my god, I'd also totally forgotten about that scene in Harry Potter. Yeah. That disturbed me so much as a kid. Yeah. Oh god. Did you go back and watch it? or No, no but like, like... Why would you? It's horrible. The minute she mentioned it, like... All of it came back. The soundtrack, the visuals, like, everything. That's so scary. I went to see Uh that movie with, like, my school. I don't know. I mean, okay, so for elementary and middle school, I went to a fairly small private school. And it wasn't, like, a religious private school. It was just, like, it just existed. I guess, like, because it was private and they could do whatever the fuck they wanted and because it was small, they were like, we're going to go see Harry Potter, the movie adaptation of this book that all these kids are obsessed with. And we went, and I think, like, kindergarten and first grade didn't come. But, like, everyone from second through eighth grade went to see this movie. And I feel like I was... I forget what year that was. Maybe I was in sixth grade or something. I think that's right. And, um... I was alarmed. <laughs> well, because I saw it sort of when it came out, too. And I saw it on a bootleg copy that my aunt got. <laughs> she was living in England and had access to Harry Potter things before America did. Yeah. Uh, so I got the bootleg books when they first came out and then the bootleg movie, uh, <laughs> um, which was great. Uh, but I remember watching it and, like, hiding behind her couch. And yeah. And being like, what the fuck was that? Except in a child's voice. Totally. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> um, I, uh, and then I feel like, okay, like, with all this, like, other context for unicorns, that gets really disturbing when you have, like, this male figure drinking the blood of, like, a yeah. character that possibly represents yeah. virginity. I mean, way. right, um, like, I kind of... One of the things that didn't really make it into the letter, but that I was kind of, like, mulling over as I, like, pulled all these things together is, like, unicorns as innocence, like, in every era. And unicorns is, like, queer, but also, like, genderless yeah. or gender nonconforming in yeah. some way. Because it's, like, I don't know. I feel like when we're talking about unicorns, I'm never, like, what gender is that unicorn? No. Like, right. Which we're not with animals, mostly. True, but, like, less so, because, like, I mean, dogs and cats, like, for whatever goddamn reason, I always, I assume every dog is a boy and every cat is a girl. (laughs) Like, I just do. Probably because of Homeward Bound. (laughs) (laughs) I assume every rabbit and guinea pig is a creature with feelings. Yeah. No, I don't know. I think they just, like, they're, like, weird little nuggets. But, yes. Yeah. I agree. With the, like, weird dogs are, like, hey, boy. Yeah, but unicorns... I don't know. I it's it is. It's some like genderless thing and it wants to hang out with the virgin not to like creep on the virgin. I don't know why it wants to hang out. It just does. Protect them? Yeah. Keep them happy and safe? Yeah. I don't know. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh god. And then like also I feel like I had like a lot of like visceral hoary uh, Hori. Help me. <laughs> Harry Potter feelings uh, in that part. And then I, like, had, like, weird uh, memory whiplash with going to, like, hating people in 2005. Yes. Who said anything about Charlie Lee. Yes. Fuck those people. Like, it didn't even... It was so funny when Meg sent that gif, because, like, I had so divorced that from, like, unicorns or videos or any concept that wasn't just, like, pure hatred and annoyance. Like... <laughs> 
If you'd ask me what's it called, I'd say Charlie the Unicorn. What animal is Charlie? I don't know. Something <laughs> terrible. Like, <laughs> like, so much in that era was just annoying. I feel like... I feel safe in declaring that that was, like, the beginning of viral culture. Because, like, that was kind of, like, the end of dial-up. Mm-hmm. And so it was super easy to just, like, waste time watching these things. Was that the end of dial-up? I feel like my family still Oh, my family definitely still had dial-up. But I feel mm-hmm. like dial-up was in its, like, death throes. I think my parents... have always been. Right. My parents had dial-up through 2007, for sure. We must have, too, I think. Yeah. Um, why was it, I mean, I'm sure that there are, like, dissertations on why, Mm -hmm. but all those characters in the 2005 region who spoke in, like, high voices, I remember my brother showing my much younger brother episodes of South Park that resulted in my much younger brother, who was, I think at that time, five, going up to my grandmother at Christmas dinner and saying, wanna get high? Don't forget to bring a towel. Which was, like, utterly baffling to every adult and horrifying to, you know, me (laughs) and probably my parents. I'm dying because I've never watched a single episode of South Park, but I know that quote. Like, it's the same phenomenon. And I feel like I never actually watched the Charlie the Unicorn videos, but I know... Yes. I know the voice, I know the thing. It's so annoying. And when you, like, did it, I was just like, ugh. Yeah. Fuck everything. It was like a full body shudder happening across the table from (laughs) me. Fuck 2005. Yes. No, honestly the worst. And, like... That, that was, like, the era of that, like, badger, 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 Fuck. which, like, part of me loves, but is fundamentally irritating. And, uh, the, um, the hobbits. Oh, oh, they're taking yeah. the hobbits to Isengard! That still cracks me up. Um, but uh, it's also, but, I'll like... black sheep? Yeah! <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, like, I rewatched as much of Charlie the Unicorn as I could bring myself to rewatch while I was writing this. Which turned out to be 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> Just long enough to confirm that it exists. <laughs> exactly. I was surprised to find out that it is three and a half minutes long. Mm. Like, in my head, it was way shorter than that. And I feel like maybe because things took longer to buffer, like, we never actually got to watch the whole thing. It was <laughs> Just, like, the first 45 seconds or whatever, and then... We got the gist. I remember, like, pulling up a TV episode, like, hours before you would want to watch it. Or, like, if you're watching yeah. something online, it's yeah. like, I'll just pull it up and then we'll have dinner. <laughs> and wait. I remember I used to, my high school was on the campus where my parents worked. And so sometimes I would, like, walk to their office and, like, hang out there for a couple hours. And then they would be done by the end my mom. And then, like, she would drive me home. And, like, I remember that time was just, like, this beautiful time of, like, I'm not using my at-home internet, so, like, it's faster. And so I would just, like, sit on her computer in her office and, like, watch YouTube videos. And I have such a vivid recollection of watching some, like, lyric video to Holiday by Green Day, which was a song I'd heard, like, ten seconds of on some radio at some point, and I didn't know what it was. So I was, like, frantically Googling the lyrics, like... Pre-sound hound, pre-like, easily Googleable lyrics, like, on a phone in the middle of your life. And I was just like, oh my god, I found it. This is the song. Here it is! <laughs> and I think, like, two hours later when she showed up, I was still listening to it, because I was like, I will never hear this again. This is my <laughs> only chance. <laughs> I mean, at some point, we'll have to have an episode that talks about our similar childhood. Yes! Uh, but, uh, yeah, I would do the same thing, because my parents also taught at college, and they had much better internet. Oh my god. And, um... At a certain point, they moved into the new office building, where they now still are. It's no longer as new. (laughs) Uh, And uh, they had, like, this space on the fifth floor where, like, they had computers for students. And I would just go sit up there and be, like, on the computer. Yeah. And that was, like, very exciting. That reminds me of something that has nothing to do with unicorns or my childhood. But when I was in college... I was taking, it was either gender studies or queer theory. It was the same professor either way. It was definitely gender studies because she assigned us the movie The Business of Being Born. Have you watched this? Oh, I feel like in health class. Is that the one where, oh no, it's The Miracle of Life. Oh. watch in health class where like, it's, there's childbirth. This is like, (laughs) I forget her name. Um, She was in Hairspray, the John Waters one. 
Um, and then she went on to be kind of like semi-motivational speaker. Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake, yes. Um, I know. So. I almost said Nikki Reed, not Nikki Reed. Ricky Isn't that Lake. A different person. It's I a mean, totally different, different person. <laughs> I, I don't mean to suggest that they're the same person. Nikki Reed was like thirteen and Twilight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, this is like one of those things where I'm like, I'm a hundred percent sure right now that it was Ricky Lake. But if you told me no, in twenty minutes, definitely <laughs> Ricky Lake. You're so right. Anyway. So she made this movie about, like, natural childbirth, <laughs> and we were assigned it in this class. <laughs> I know. And the deal was, they, like, she put it on Blackboard, the professor, but and I'm sure this has changed now with, like, how easy technology has become, but we couldn't watch it on our own computers <laughs> in our dorms. We had to watch them on the computer clusters scattered around campus. Yep. And so... <laughs> I went to, there were, like, private computer clusters, but, like, kids I didn't like hung out there, so I went to the main library, and no. I went down to the basement where, no. like, I like to study, and I got on one of those computers, which is in a hallway. Oh, man. And I, like, put on the headphones that came with the computer, and I started watching The Business of Being Born, and at first, tra-la, no problem. At, like, the key moment when a woman is literally squeezing a baby out of her vagina in a pool in her living room, this <laughs> tour of grandparents started walking through. I have never minimized anything that fast in my life, including all the, like, porny fanfic I read on my dial-up computer in my parents' house. <laughs> Sorry, Mom and Dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that also was probably around the time that I was uh, pre-frosh yes! touring your campus yeah! where I did not get accepted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wish I had been one of those I people wish in that hallway. You, I so wish you had. It was so mysterious, too, because I, as I think it may have gotten cut out, but I've definitely said on this podcast, you had to, like, show an ID to get into our main library, and so I'm like, what are these people doing in here? Who are they? Who brought their grandma? I'm watching, like, there is a vagina on my screen! Which, obviously, grandparents can't see, because no. they've never had sex. Clearly. No, never. Parents Nobody are delivered us. by a stork. Yep. I, too, was delivered by a stork. Same, except my mom wrote a memoir about my childbirth, so oh, I can no longer that pretend. that rumbles that. Sadly, the memoir is very beautiful, and I've read it, and it's, like, great, so. Oh, God. That is awful. The other, the other. <laughs> sorry, mom. Yeah, sorry. Really I'm, I'm happy for you, but I'm sad for Kate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the other, the other computer cluster kerfuffle that happened was, um, I feel like it was a friend of a friend, or who was, like, she was in some English class that, like, I had taken in the past. She was assigned to watch Wild, the Oscar Wilde movie that stars Stephen Fry and Jude Law. And she was also watching it in the computer cluster. And it contains a lot of sex between Stephen Fry and Jude Law. So later, like, maybe the next day, there was a site at the time, there might still be, called Princeton FML, where people could just air their complaints in a witty way, anonymously. Aren't those always the best? So good. <laughs> this one was usually pretty good. I think oh. it was moderated. Ah, uh, that's what needs to happen. Yes. So Continue. she goes on Princeton FML the day after she's been watching Wild in the computer cluster, and there's a Princeton FML that reads, This Asian girl sitting next to me is watching gay porn FML. <laughs> mm. Fuck you, dude. Yes. Uh, Live a rude. little. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like, I mean, I remember having to go to computer clusters and watch things. And uh, luckily for me, it was mostly, like, I was taking a bunch of, like, Spanish courses. And it was, like, mostly, like, ex instructional Spanish videos <laughs> where people would, like, do mostly simple things in Spanish. Yes. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, okay. I've lived see, in Spain. See. <laughs> see, <laughs> <not it>. uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and, and at least, like, that was kind of embarrassing on the level of just, like, my own embarrassment of, like, I actually speak better Spanish than, like, the level of Spanish course that I'm taking. Right. But it wasn't embarrassing in the sense of, like, vaginas. I was very glad, um, 
a few years ago when we were taking a class together where we had to watch a movie for the course. Yes. Oh, I can't even decide which one I'm thinking of anymore because there no. was the one with the uh, rape that yes. was really graphic, and then there was the one with the, like, super graphic violence that involved nudity. Yes. And in those moments, I was so grateful to just be able to watch them in my own home. Yep, that was <laughs> so good. With no friends or strangers <laughs> or colleagues. No. <laughs> so amazing where you have the option of just, like, shrieking at the top of your lungs <laughs> without drawing attention to yourself. No, and I feel like also, oh my god, okay, fuck that Prince and FML person. Yes. Because it's like, I feel like when I was in college, I would tend to assume that anybody doing something on the computer cluster was doing so because they had to yes. for class. Also... On a slightly less serious note, who the fuck doesn't recognize Jude Law when he's at home? Uh, true. Because <laughs> he was fucking famous at yes, the time. Yes, he was a hot piece. I mean, he still is, but then he was, like, dipped then, in didn't butter. did he, like, have sex with his nanny or something? Yeah, um, I think around that time. A lot of the good ones... Yeah. Then do that and are no longer good ones. Totally. Sorry. I mean, I know who did that. (laughs) I saw King Arthur recently, which is not good. But it was so fun. Oh, I want to see it so it's much. So, I saw you I posted like, about it. I highly recommend it. Is you there can, a unicorn in it? There, I had to think for a second. There is not a unicorn in it, but there easily could have been. There are like, <laughs> there are like, elephants the size of skyscrapers in it. For no good goddamn reason. But That's what I like. It's so... I mean, don't pay for it. I paid for it. Um, Jula plays the villain, and he is clearly having the time of his life. What, did, did he get to fuck a movie nanny? No. He gets to... <laughs> spoilers. He gets to kill his wife and daughter. Oh, shit! <laughs> Summon, like, a demon squid three-bodied woman from a pond... And, like, harness the power of hell. I don't know what goes on, but his eyeliner is on point. The reaction I just had to that was basically, like, copy-pasted from my brother Jacob, who would have just been like, oh, shit. And then would have texted something like what he just texted me, which was, That's, it's Gucci, yo. Which I can't even say normally. Also, Jude Law, like, recently I feel like he's been getting good roles and, like, killing them because he's gotten, like, arguably slightly less hot than he was when he was, like, 25. He's still a gorgeous man. But he's, like, less so. Right. (laughs) But, like, in this movie, (laughs) I was like, I have never seen a better-looking human before. And I was kind of worried for him. I was like, no, you can't get hot again. You're going to have to act in more shitty movies. (laughs) (laughs) That's the problem. Um, Okay, how do you feel as a unicorn enthusiast? Yes. About unicorns with wings. Huh. Tyler hates them. I'm not as into it as I am to, into unicorns without wings. I was like, does your sweatshirt have <laughs> I did double check. So, for the visual, there's something I would not, I, I would wear, but I'm not wearing because it's still a little warm. I have a sweatshirt that I bought impromptu at Forever 21, maybe in October. Story of my life. <laughs> yes. And it has unicorns on it. They do not have wings. They do, however, have manes and tails that are kind of like vaguely rainbowy. It's like bootleg rainbow. Bootleg it's like rainbow. It's like Forever 21 rainbow. Exactly. It's like all it's like pink instead of red. <laughs> I have I'm about to diss unicorns when I eventually read my thing. Yes. But I have a unicorn pin from Forever 21 cuz it like cost a dollar or whatever. Also Cade gave me a unicorn cat sticker at some point that says inclusive feminism always on it. Yep. So I also, for my brother's birthday, which is why he texted me, it's Gucci, yo. Uh, oh, man. Um, <laughs> I, I sent him a travel mug that's like a galaxy background, you know, like the cosmic mm-hmm. shit that's like in now. Yeah. With a catacorn <gasps> on it. That sounds and, about right. Yeah, and I was like, Jacob will enjoy this. <laughs> also, when he texted, he was like, yo, I really like the travel mug. Oh, and the books look cool, too. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> Story. <laughs> Story of his life. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, the galaxy, kind of similar to the unicorns, like, born of aesthetic things, maybe, mm-hmm. lives on because capitalism has made it so. I won't say how, but a few summers ago, my mother and I knew a woman who uh, would wear, we saw her several days in a row, and every day would wear a different galaxy and cat print item before that was a thing at all. Wow. Such that I, and she was like 60. Whoa. Such that I was like, what the fuck? And where'd you get that? 
and what is that? Because it was at that moment where, yeah. like, you know, when you see a trend and you've never seen it before? Totally. And it's like, oh, that's cool. Or is it just something that this one person wears? Is it bad? Is yeah. it cool? Where'd you get that? Like, <laughs> astrology. Yeah. Like, astrology, kind of like unicorns. It's always been around. I don't want to say too much, because we've had a request to do an astrology episode, which I didn't tell you, but I'm telling you now. Um, I like how you said that with a wink-wink and then explained that you yes. had told me. I was like, wait, this wink, I they'll just be like a huge pause, and people will be like, are they mad? <laughs> mad. It's anger. Um, yeah, anyway, that also has been around forever and is also coming in. And yeah. also, when it started coming in, I was like, oh, damn. And now I'm like, oh yeah, totally. Everyone's do. Everyone has a poet <laughs> writing an astro- astrology column. But nope. that's enough about that. <laughs> and it's, it's mostly the one same poet who's really yes. good at it. Yeah. Uh, check out Galactic Rabbit if you somehow have not. Please do, and maybe like give her five bucks or so, so that she starts writing it again and doesn't write it for publications that actually pay her. I mean, I'm happy she's getting paid, but I want her to write her own thing. Galactic Rabbit is so good. It's so good. It's so good. I remember getting, like, one over to it my first year here and being like, yep. like oh, I hate horoscopes. I'm like, oh, I still hate horoscopes, Me but too, I like this but one. I love the well-written ones. Like, I'm someone who hates, like, self-help stuff, but if it's well-written, all of a sudden I do a total 180, yes. and I'm like, no, I love this, because it's closer to, like, actual self-help which is just literature <laughs> like <laughs> don't tell them that <laughs> i know i'm like how like when you go to the uh like a bookstore and it's like there's no memoir section and all the memoirs are sprinkled into like other places yeah a lot of them are in self-help and i'm like oh come on right god damn it my favorite thing i've ever had to do was go to a college library i think it was wesleyan uh and <laughs> i had to go to the like rape and sexual assault section of the <laughs> library to find alice siebel memoir lucky and I was like come on just yes. have a memoir section like this isn't a I, textbook you like I have such mixed feelings about sections in like <laughs> bookstores and libraries and stuff yes because like on the one hand I could see with some text it would make them easier to find or whatever if someone's like browsing or some shit but like on the other hand it often comes with such a like quality judgment call Where it's like, oh, Beloved is literature, so it's going to go in, like, the literature and fiction section, but, like, other African-American novel is not literature, so it's going in the African-American and black section. Uh Uh-huh. And, like... Oh, definitely. Oh, and then, like, the women's lit section. Oh, yeah. Which is just, like... A massive judgment yes, on you. Right. Should you be caught there? Oh my god, gentle reads. <laughs> oh, fuck everyone. <laughs> By fuck everyone, I mean white men. Yes. So, yeah, so, like, fuck. And also, like, James Baldwin, where are you supposed to shelve him? Who knows? Who knows? Intersectionality's not a thing at bookstores. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why, I mean, I don't know. I was recently at a bookstore where I found a few books that I'd been, like, desperately searching for, and everything was in, like, this massive clearance section that just existed without judgment. Yes. Such that, like, every book I wanted was buried somewhere in this massive yes. clearance section, as long as I looked hard enough. Not alphabetized. Is this <laughs> no. half-price books? No. Oh, because um, they do that, too. It was in Harrisburg. Oh. It was, like, this other thing. I can't remember what it was called. Uh, but that was because we took my baby brother, who's not a baby, sorry, but he's also not a man. Uh, <laughs> no bar mitzvah, if you're following along, that's a running joke. Yes. Uh, Take a drink. <laughs> we took him to a Comic-Con, and then we were trying to, like, hang out until the Comic-Con was over, but then he was there for so many hours that we, like, we went to a bookstore, and I went through the entire massive non-ordered clearance section and bought a few things, and then we went and got burritos, and we ate the burritos that were, like, gigantic, and then we, like, sat there for a while, and then we're, like... (laughs) That's where you weren't parenting correctly, because a parent would, after, like, two hours... No, like, that's generous for parents, (laughs) but, like, a nice, generous parent, after two hours, would have swan back in and been, like, all right, we're out... Well, but I was also, like, okay, also, a, like, smart-ass, like, a smart parent mm-hmm. would have, like, left immediately. True. And just gone home and not tried to waste time that's spending so money at the fucking used bookstore. <laughs> right. That's, that's one of those, like, fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> fool me twice. Oh, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And then the next day he went back to the Comic-Con and we just, like, dropped him off. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, you learned from your like, experience. Just text us. Was that the bookstore where you had the time to, like, stage a photo of all these, yes. like, 
disability metaphor titles. Yes. Uh, I took a photo of, like, a bunch of books. That was after I'd gone through the clearance section once and found things I wanted to purchase. I went through again and found things with ableist titles and took a picture of a stack of them. Also, this is a niche thing that I'm just going to throw in here before I make Kate her, read her anti-unicorn letter. Oh, no. If anyone out there has actually read the book Cold Sassy Tree, <laughs> could you please... Tell us something. Tweet us, send us an email, leave a passive-aggressive comment on our website, do something, because we see this book in every clearance section. Every. And, like, I've looked up the description, and I'm still not 100% sure I know what this book is. Okay, but so, this most recent time when I saw it, because what we do is we text each other pictures of Cold Sassy Tree in real life, and so I saw Cold Sassy Tree on a table, which was, strangely, the bestsellers table (laughs) at this used bookstore. They had a whole stack of Cold Sassy Tree, and I go to take a picture of it, and I'm like... I take the picture, I'm like, haha, cold sassy tree. I'm sending it to Jackie, and I look at the picture, and next to cold sassy tree is the book Winky, which is an amazing, like, crush on fiction, nonfiction book by my former writing mentor professor. Oh my god! Clifford Chase, who's, like, a genius. Uh, and I don't have a paper copy of it because I read it on Kindle, and I was like, what? Cold sassy tree! <laughs> Doing us a solid! But so it was funny because, like, I'm sure... You know, I mean, on that table were also, like, all the classic things that are bestsellers, like Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. <laughs> Gone Girl. Gone Girl. All the girls. Uh, and then, like, you know, like, random classic literature that I won't think hard enough to find in my head. Yeah, totally. And then, like, over in a corner, Cold Sassy Tree and Winky, which I'm like, I mean, like, they aren't traditional bestsellers no. from what I understand. No, <laughs> I feel like Cold Sassy Tree may have been published in the 90s. I'm not sure about that. I have no idea. Tyler thinks it's about sassafras, and he's like, it's <sighs> not that weird. I'm like, it's a book called Cold Sassy Tree. <laughs> he is from, does Texas count as the South when we say, like, the South? I think so. Okay. I don't know. Or is it, like, its own thing, like, Florida? <laughs> <laughs> oh! Oh! <laughs> She's doing praise hands. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but like praise for, like, low-key judgment. <laughs> no, not low-key. I lived in Florida for a summer, and they can't drive. Okay, should I read the anti-unicorn yes, diatribe let's that I wrote that. a few nights ago? I'm so excited for this. I'm going to preface this with the uh, definite disclaimer that I wrote this a few nights ago and then forgot about it. So That's true. Like very Kate unedited. arrived earlier, and she was like, I did have a moment earlier today where I was like... Did I write the letter? <laughs> it's also, like, barely addressed to you, which is, like, kind of a problem. I think I just, like, got into my anti-unicorn. Band. I feel like I've had a couple of those where it's, like, Dear Kate, only in name. <laughs> also, there are a few Catholic jokes. I'm sorry. Ooh, cool. <laughs> okay. Dear Jackie, I'm not a Catholic, but I'm here to confess. I have unicorn reluctance. This might be tied up with some more general horse reluctance. <laughs> As a kid, I didn't like My Little Pony, though I was into Care Bears. I rode horses for a few years and even went to a small-town horseback riding day camp. But I was never overtly into horses or their more magical counterparts. I didn't draw horses all over my notebooks and folders or wear horse t-shirts. I read a few of those horse-themed chapter books for kids and watched a few episodes of one of those horsey shows, but I didn't find horses especially compelling. At the time, horses were more trendy than unicorns, and thus I didn't identify that I had unicorn reluctance as well as horse reluctance. Now, as probably the whole internet knows, things have changed. Unicorns have basically flooded both real and digital spheres, and suddenly I found myself experiencing very specific and acute unicorn (laughs) reluctance. Sure, I like pastels and semi-ironic floral prints. I've had various shades of pastel hair in the past and may again in the future, and I have a complex but strong relationship with glitter. With the new unicorn trend, I'll gamely click through links to how to make unicorn cupcakes, what on earth is a unicorn frappuccino, how to execute perfect unicorn eye makeup, unicorn hair dye. But I don't follow the tutorials and I don't buy any of the explicitly unicorny products, except for that one pin from Forever 21 that I mentioned <laughs> earlier. And also the mug for my brother. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> These things tend to involve some combination of time, effort, and money that I usually don't have, which is also what I said about the apocalypse. Yeah, well, okay, indeed. <laughs> Some of the horse resistance probably has to do with me being a contrarian and being thus quite resistant to trends. But I think some of it also comes from growing up in a rural small town. Where I was from, horses weren't mysterious creatures or distant objects of open field desire. Horses were all around, which meant that if I wanted to ride them, there were plenty of local stables, like the one where I rode horses for a bit and also went to date camp at. 
Horses lived in my friend's farm backyards. Horses were all over the place at the Pennsylvania Farm Show, where they could be spotted defecating freely on the floor. Horses were in the category of animals people could own, and I guess I was in some ways practical. The guinea pigs and cats my family had were cheaper and easier to care for than horses. My friends who had to go shovel out stalls as a chore didn't seem overjoyed to do that activity, (laughs) and I noted this. To clarify, my family never considered getting horses. I just happened to be mostly aware that it would be ridiculous for us to have them and thus didn't have interest in pursuing the question with my parents. This past semester, there was a moment in nonfiction workshop when our instructor, a.k.a. my fabulous thesis advisor, who I will apparently sometimes name, but not right now, anyway, was totally baffled by a passing mention of horse girls. We ended up having a longish workshop conversation about what or who a horse girl is. It was something like, a girl who grew up when most of the women in workshop grew up, in the late 80s or early 90s, a girl who was super into horses, who felt a deep connection to them, etc., etc. You know those moments when you're like, oh man, I really don't want to look like a monster because I don't feel the same thing everyone else feels? Yeah, it was one of those times. I joined into the group explanation of horse girls, carefully trying not to not express that I was never one of those girls, though I knew many of them and actually felt a fair amount of disdain toward them. Because actually, here around me, we're horse girls, grown up and smart and writing some hella good essays. So it'd probably be poor form to be like, this is nonsense. There was a different time in workshop where my dear lovely thesis advisor described religion as saying, quote, my imaginary friend is better than your imaginary friend, unquote. (laughs) Then I laughed a lot whilst other people looked vaguely horrified. You can only have so many monstrous moments in front of any given group of people before they probably mark you as a monster forever. (laughs) So I didn't say I thought horse girls were nonsense, or that imagined connections with horses were perhaps standing in for a connection with another being during pre-adolescent fantasies, or what's so great about brushing horses anyway, I always found it boring. My smart aleck atheism is better than your imaginary friend. My derisive irony is better than your ill-advised horse empathy, etc. (laughs) I want to get back to unicorns, but I guess I still don't know how to explain this. Perhaps it's all arbitrary. For some reason, I have always found horses to be tacky, and thus I also find unicorns to be tacky. This is unfortunate because, aside from the physical horse-like bodies of representations of unicorns, I really like unicorn aesthetic. As previously mentioned, I like glitter and pastels and florals. Mostly, I just wish this particular aesthetic weren't tagged as unicorn, didn't need to have some connection to something I find to be ridiculous. I get annoyed with the ways joyful aesthetics often associated with young women are tagged to things that don't exist. Mermaids, unicorns, fairies, witches. There's a good interpretation of this. It's one that has something to do with the relationship between magic and joy. Something to do with the transcendent power of our aesthetics. But there's also the bad interpretation, which, as usual, sorry world, is the one I gravitate toward. (laughs) That like unicorns, female joy doesn't really exist. It's exaggerated. It's too many layers of glitter and hair dyed and elaborately sectioned pastels. It's not realistic, and can you even imagine the upkeep? Perhaps what I don't like about the unicorn tag is that it's made the glitter, pastel, flower aesthetic exaggerated, costly, and thus, for a lot of young women, probably unattainable. I'm not Catholic, (laughs) but I'm here to confess. An aesthetic tag to something magical that does not exist and requires buying a lot of products to attain implies elite status, and I think that's fucked up. Yes, I've made a class-based anti-unicorn argument, and I'm fairly pleased about that. Also, I don't like horses, even if I like some self-identified horse girls quite a lot. God damn it, now I want to dye my hair again, and I hope you weren't a horse girl, Kate. Oh my god. <laughs> I love this. I especially love this because I feel like these es- these letter essays obviously disagree, but I feel like weirdly they're kind of in the same sort of like ballpark of like We're not actually talking about unicorns. No, it's more like, what do unicorns mean culturally? Yes. Okay, I think both of them are sort of getting sideways at the problem of, like, how do you talk about something that doesn't exist? Mm -hmm. Because, I don't know, I mean, I guess you could argue that unicorns exist because they exist as representations. Yeah. And they exist as a graphic on a sweatshirt or on a pin or on a mug. That's a cat. But, you know. Right, but totally. (laughs) Like, how how do you get, how do you talk about your feelings about, like, a unicorn when you've never met a unicorn. Yeah. Like, it's inherent... I mean, we're both getting at the fact that, like, it's inherently symbolic already. (laughs) Like, whether you bring history into it or it's just, like, a certain type of person clearly identifies with this for whatever reason may exist. And, like, so, too, do companies fall in line, like, trying to capitalize on this. Like, I love... I don't know. So many things about this I love. I was... 
I was sort of a half-assed horse girl. Oh, this no. This is not one thing. I mean, I love this, but, like, it was more so my friend Rebecca was a horse girl, and, like, that was how we hung out. Um, mm. But she was, like, one of those rare horse girls where she, like, still is. Like, she still oh. rides horses. Wow. I mean, we have friends who ride horses. That's true. We I do. I always forget that we do. Well, because I think also, like, the friend who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Who is just, like, a badass. Amazing, yeah. She's, like, such a baller. She's also, like, can we just... Yeah. Okay. Tanya. Tanya Bombston. Tanya Bombston. Not the other Tanya. No, not uh, LA, Japan Tanya. Uh, but Tanya Bombston, who has a badass name and is a badass writer, yes. uh, rides horses. And I feel like the reason I feel no disdain toward her ever, yeah. for any reason is at it? all, is like, she's never, she's not the type of person to be like, oh yeah, and I love horses and this is how I feel about them and horses yeah. make me feel whatever. Like, she's just like, you know, she rides horses sometimes, whatever. Yeah. I feel like that's also, I don't know, maybe I'm just like... The problem with horses is feelings. Like, I don't like feelings, and thus I don't like people's feelings with horses. I think that might be it. Because I'm sitting here, and I'm kind of like, the horses, it's kind of like the sexism around, like, the unicorn virginity thing. It's like, it's not the unicorn's fault. And, like, it's not the horse's fault that you hate horse girls. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, well, because I think, like, and I don't hate them, I don't. I swear. <laughs> I just have, like, feelings that the horses are tacky in some yes. way, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh I don't know. I mean, it's like, I had a really great time riding horses, except for one of them once threw me off. And that was like one of the few days that my mom had come to watch practice. Yeah. And the horse like threw me off and I went like dramatically arcing through the air and landed on my back on like a stone gravel walkway thing. And she was just like, oh my God, like you're nine years old. We aren't doing this anymore. And I was like, no, it's fine. It's great. I'm cool. Get up, shake it off. I don't know, the girls who I went to horse day camp with, like, they wanted to, like, all dress alike and French braid each other's hair and, like, have feelings, and I was like, no, I'm just here to, like, learn how to ride a horse better. Totally. I'm here for the skill. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's taking everything I have not to pull that, like, dick professor move and just be like, who hurt you? (laughs) (laughs) A lot of of historically. But not when I was a child. No. When I was a child, I had, like, a pretty idyllic life, other than, like, you know, 9-11 happened in the middle of the Oh, yeah, yeah. But I totally, I get that, because, like, there are things I hate for that reason, too. Like, I hate Abercrombie and Fitch. And, like, I hate um, Bath and Body Works. Oh, yeah. Like. Well, both of those places give me, like, migraine headaches because of their smells. That's also true. (laughs) Like, they're the candle store hell of... Of, like, clothing and hygiene. Um, I agree. But I think I mostly hate them because, like, (laughs) the girls who ostracized me in middle school, like, aligned themselves with them. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like it's weird because I think, like, I had a weird experience where, like, I wasn't that ostracized in middle school. Like, I sort of ostracized myself. Yeah. So I was kind of like, huh, like, I hate so many people. That's so interesting. You were, like, (laughs) internally ostracized, but not externally. But it's, like, you know, like, I, you know, I went through an unfortunate phase, don't we all? Yeah. Braces, glasses, baby fat, whatever. And it just, like, when, it depends on when you have that phase. But I feel like I had it at a fine time, such Mm -hmm. that it wasn't, like, that big a deal. It was, like, earlier, maybe? It was, like, it was in middle school, but not high school. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah, that's totally fine. I mean, it sucked, Mm -hmm. but... A lot of other people were going through their own unfortunate phases. Yeah. Um, but so I feel like, and I played a sport, and I was in all these clubs, and I did all these activities. I just, like, hated everyone around me all the time. So, and basically, like, the people who were my friends were people who I'd, like, decided I hated less. <laughs> I didn't make this podcast to make more friends. <laughs> I am so honored. <laughs> it's just you. It's just me. I don't know. I mean, I feel like, like there were definitely like people who were cool. I just hated. I think I was more judgmental then than now. Somehow, yeah, that might surprise you. That, <laughs> given that I'm so judgmental. On like a level that surprises me, but on another level that makes total sense. Because again, weren't we all? Yeah. I mean, I feel like also, like, in terms of, like, what I've learned and what we've all learned, probably, in terms of, like, social justice has, like, meant more empathy. Yeah. Even as it's, like, it gives me license to be, like, oh, like, I can hate people 
<laughs> who I already hate when they're racist. Yes. That's easy. Totally. Whatever. Um, but then, like, in terms of other people's situations, it's like, you know, you start to factor in intersectionality and yeah. like, what other shit is happening in their lives, and then you develop more empathy. Yeah. Maybe. And hate fewer people. It's true. The re- <laughs> Like, the reasons for hate grow more intense, but, like, f- also fewer, because it's true, like, exactly what you just said. It's either, like, I never know what's going on in someone else's life, or it's, like, you want to like unicorns? Knock yourself out. Like. (laughs) (laughs) Unicorns. Yeah, man. Girls were supposed to like horses, and I also resisted that. Well, okay, wait. So that's, I think, where the Venn diagram of our letters really intersects, is kind of like the genderedness of all of this. Yes. And I think I dealt with that genderedness by, like, bringing in the queerness of it, which is, like, yeah, little girls like unicorns, (laughs) but also, like... Whoever, like, the developers of Robot Unicorn Attack and this, like, British, like, gay electro whatever erasure is, like, there's no unicorns in that music video, by the way. It's semi-racist. I was going to link it on Twitter, but then I was like, oh, wait, they're basically in yellow face. Never mind, never mind. The 80s were a rough time. Um, (laughs) Yeah, uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but, like... There's, like, the side of the genderedness of unicorns that's a positive, right? Because it's, like, unapologetically gendered. Yes. It's, like, or, like, or non-gendered, but, like, girly. Girly. And, like, anyone can be girly. Um, But then there's the side of it that is, like, all of these companies being, like, young women with no disposable income if you want to be the unicorn of your dreams, like, only this product will cater to you accurately. Yeah. And, I mean, that whole, like, the capitalism of it just, like, bugs me now. Where I feel like at the time, like, I had, like, smaller, unarticulated feelings, like, in terms of, like, horses, where it was like, oh, it costs money to go ride horses. Yeah. And, like, you know, that's why I didn't, like, I took, like, lessons at a local stable that was like affordable and only like once a week or whatever yeah Uh, and now it's like oh if you want to be like a real like unicorn person and have that be your reputation well you better have unicorn attire yep and you better be baking unicorn bread which is basically just bread dyed in different yeah because that makes sense but like you gotta buy the frappuccino you gotta take the photo on your iphone you gotta put it on instagram like you gotta (laughs) (laughs) and i feel like it's funny because if it were tagged just like cotton candy aesthetic yeah I would have so many fewer problems with it mm. and then it could like not impact my feelings about unicorns because right. it's like then I mean cotton candy is cheap yeah unicorns it somehow are not despite the fact know? that they don't exist at all yeah but it's like oh god I've been this is like an embarrassing <laughs> confession the the hair dye that I want next is uh from a line that's called unicorn hair dye yeah and I have been not buying it because I'm so annoyed <laughs> Because I'm like, I love this color, I want the color, fine, I'll go through all of the horrible steps of getting there. Yes. Fuck everything, my life's gonna be a weird hair hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe not anymore, I don't know, maybe I won't do that. Uh, but I've been... Now, now I really want you to do it. This has been a <laughs> podcast of us, like, opposing and reversing ourselves <laughs> and each other. <laughs> like, because it's in this unicorn hair dye line, I'm like, I don't want to, like, conform to, like, what people think millennials want. Yeah. And I'm just, like, annoyed. That's the other thing, like, because when I was hearing you read your letter, like, it was kind of activating all these own associations in my brain of, like, stuff that I've rejected on principle because they were, like, popular or, like, capitalist in some sense, like, the earliest of which was for years I didn't read Harry Potter because everyone liked it. Oh, Like... That was the good thing about having the bootleg copies, is I got them before everyone liked Right, it. so you were fine. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I could just continue on. And I right like, now, Mister. for me, it's Big Little Lies, which I'm rejecting, and, uh, you know, because everyone loves it. I know I need to watch it. You have to see I it. I know, I know, I know, I know. I just need to, like, maybe give it a month where everyone else calms down about it, and then I can watch it. Oh, I haven't been seeing too much chatter recently. Okay. I mean, you might be close maybe to Maybe I safe. have, like, a week. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh... It's funny because, like, the palette of that is what we were referring previously as uh, the 2017 palette. Yes, the 2017 is, cinematography. Or was that 2016? But it's well, a lot of, the like, Oscars deep, of 2017. Yes, like, a lot of, like, deep blues and pinks. The jewel tones of Moonlight. Jewel tones, yes. And, and La, La, Land, uh, La La Land, which is inferior to Moonlight. Obviously. I said it. Um, <laughs> I like how you're like, this is a declaration. I'm like, didn't we decide that? <laughs> um, 
But so uh, it's very much like often in that color palette. Ooh. Okay, actually, that makes me want to watch it more. It's so good. Can we talk about aesthetic for a second? Sure. I don't know what I want to say about it at all, (laughs) other than that's another thing that's at the root of both of these letters. It's aesthetic. And like, I'm fascinated by it because like, I am the kind of person who gets really fascinated by things that I encounter first on the internet that then start bleeding into my real life. Mm -hmm. So like, maybe a year and a half ago, I started seeing kind of like, Tumblr posts about aesthetics. Maybe even like two years ago at this point. Possibly. And the, then... <laughs> MFA time. Yes, like I know. Right? <laughs> Who knows when that was? You can get engaged to someone you've known for like four months. Whatever. Exactly. Like I'm like, oh, was that the summer we did a lot of things? Is that the summer I hid from everyone? Like I don't even know when that was. <laughs> Those were our two summers. That's true. I hid from everyone last summer, so... You I did. We were, we were off. Actually, I hid from people both summers, but only once intentionally. Oh, the other time I was just I out was of town. Yeah. yeah. But that was your intentional hiding also. This is too much information for you guys. Sometimes we hide. We can edit it out. Yeah, it's fine. It's so fine. Aesthetics. Tell me. Um, but yeah, but like, that was one thing of a couple different things where I saw it first kind of existing in this digital space where like people would curate like almost kind of, like, vision boards digitally, Mm. where it was just, like, a grid of images that, like, encompassed some aesthetic. And, yeah, there was, like, a lot of glitter, a lot of pastel, like, a lot of, like, really, like, appealing things. (laughs) And it was happening. And then at a certain point, it started to feel like it had made the jump. Because I know also... Initially, the pink that is now referred to as millennial pink was called Tumblr pink. Yes. Which I prefer. I do too. Yeah. Um, Because I think it's actually more evocative and less confusing. Yes. Um, But I all, I like, I'm fascinated by these things. Because like, obviously so many things live and die on the internet and like never make a jump. Yes. But it's fascinating to kind of like chart these cultural things that like kind of rev up their engines in one sphere and then like make the leap to another sphere and then kind of burn themselves out wait can we talk briefly about how millennial is also weirdly gendered yeah people talk about millennials they're definitely talking about millennial women no i fuck that i as a person who am aware of that when i hear the word millennial i envision a woman yeah i mean i feel like I don't know, all these, like, all the bullshit things that, like, all millennials are eating avocado toast and spending their money on eyeshadow. It's like, who are you talking about? Yeah. Because it's not, like, the straight dudes. No. It might be everyone else. Right. But it's not the straight dudes. None of this is ever straight dudes. <laughs> no, never. Except, like, I feel like you have to specifically say, like, frat boys to make people understand that you mean straight dudes. That's actually <laughs> such a good point. Because I, I do that, too. Like, oh, yeah. I'm caught up in doing that. I'll say bros when I just mean straight dudes. Oh, yeah. Bros and frat boys are, like, my ways of being, like, I'm talking about men. Or if it's, like, depending on the audience, I'll just be like, oh, yeah, white men. Yeah. <laughs> but that, too, like, well, no, that's a little more layered. I don't want to get into that because that's, like, a whole dissertation. But, like, Isn't everything? again, intersectionality. There are certainly non-straight white bros. Um, and there are non-white bros, but whatever. Uh, where were we? (laughs) I was creating a non-good interval. No, that was good. Uh, What were you going to say? We were with the genderedness of millennials, Mm, mm -hmm. um, uh, which I feel like, I don't know, this stuff about aesthetic makes me think of, because it's like when we talk about aesthetic, we're also talking about not the straight dudes, mostly. Because I feel like straight dudes... I mean, I know they have their own pressures and hardships, caveat, caveat. They do. Toxic masculinity screws everyone. (laughs) But, like, I feel like women, in terms of, like, having to define an aesthetic or keep up with a trend, like, have to work a lot harder. No, like, ad nauseum throughout all of time. Like, forever. I think also, like, in terms of, like, when I, like, make jokes about being a hipster, it's, like, that whole joke of, like, well, I liked it before it was cool. Yeah. And I feel like that's always, like, strangely frustrating. Like, I have had a dedicated craft table in my yes. house filled with craft supplies, including glitter and a lot of pastels. Before that was cool. Yes. But now I'm, like, oh, like, I just don't make crafts anymore. Oh, totally. Because that's the other side of, like, too many people, like, build little lies, so I'm not going to watch it. It's the, like, it's that legitimate pure hipster impulse that I've felt about a bunch of different things where it's like I get angry when more people discover it because it's like 
this was the thing that set me apart from others. But I feel like also, like, it's more than just, like, that, like, individualistic, Mm -hmm. that type of feeling. It's about, like, oh, it comes to mean something. Yeah. Or it's, like, a girl who makes crafts with glitter now also means this other thing. That's, oh, that's so good. And it's, like, well, well, if I don't want to be in that other group, whatever that is, even if the the only reason why is, like, I don't fully know what that other group means yet. Yeah. It's, like, that that is different from just being, like, oh, well, I'm too cool or, like, oh, I wish other people hadn't jumped onto my kayak of of an idea and made it a fairy, you know? Yeah. F-A-R-R-Y. <laughs> I definitely heard F-A-I-R-Y, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> the male gaze. <laughs> the male gaze. Yep. Um, moving right along, neither, neither of us could actually make that joke. Nope. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, but anyway. Uh, okay, wait. I know what I wanted to say. Like, the genderedness of all this, either unicorns or crafting or just the overarching millennial umbrella like just makes it easier to dismiss right yeah oh for sure like and then there's also something misogynistic about being like i hate horse girls and i don't like yeah, unicorn girls totally and i'm like how do i express it in a way that doesn't sound like misogyny because i swear that's not what i mean yeah i don't know and then it's like as much as i swear i don't like unicorns as well like i'm wearing my unicorn dress Yes. Which is like, it has flutter sleeves, and I also enjoy that your fan is making them float up into the sky. It's actually been kind of, like, it's been mesmerizing, (laughs) frankly. And, like, you're wearing, like, a nice white lacy thing. Yeah, with, like, a stone on a necklace and, like, these purple earrings. I feel like we both did unicorn aesthetic in terms of dressing, and it's, like, as much as I can be, like, oh, I don't like unicorns, like, I do like the unicorn aesthetic. Yeah. Which, I feel like that's also the weird thing, is, like, unicorn aesthetic has nothing to do with unicorns. Right. Because if a unicorn is defined by a horse body and a horn, yeah. most of unicorn aesthetic has neither of those things. No, it's exactly what you said. It's like glitter, pastels, possible some rainbow shade, like... Florals. Florals. And I like all those things. Yeah. I saw a really good sort of like, well, two things. One, sort of along the line of it's easy to dismiss something because it's associated with young women. There were, like, there are several articles about that phenomenon, like... <laughs> and several of our podcast episodes, too. Exactly. <laughs> but the whole, like, if we treated sports teams like we treated boy bands or, like, fan fiction <laughs> or, like, whatever yes. else we like, we would ridicule and belittle men on a regular basis. I mean, I do, but yeah. Yeah. Other people might join me. Right. <laughs> my Where regular like, ridiculing of men. Objectively, a boy band and a baseball team are <laughs> basically the same <laughs> thing, I'm right? I'm overjoyed. <laughs> I haven't thought of that before. Like, and people, and the way they respond to them are so similar. So that's, <laughs> oh my god. I mean, I, uh, man... Okay, here's the thing I discovered recently. So I listen to most podcasts on 1.5 speed. She does. Because I talk and speak and think quite rapidly, Mm -hmm. which is not like a skill. It's mostly just a pain in the ass. But I've discovered that because I talk so fast, I can't listen to our podcast on 1.5 speed because it's too fast. So I've just like fucked myself over because you talk at a normal speed. The funny thing about that, though, is we are equally... So you're hard to edit because... You talk fast. I'm hard to edit because I talk over you all the time. <laughs> do you? I, I do. feel like I talk over you more than you talk over me. Well, maybe you do, but I think I talk over you at key moments <laughs> when it's better to just kind of, like, splice it. <laughs> uh, we're clearly super functional. We are. But I found that with other podcasts, when I've, like, slowed them down because, like, I'm cooking or taking a shower or doing something that requires that it be at a normal speed. Yes. Uh, that it sounds like the people are suddenly just, like, high off their asses. <laughs> and I'm like, so you must be drunk or wasted or whatever. Just synonyms for not sober. Uh, yes. Because you're suddenly talking so much slower. Yeah. Meg says that the speed that Well, I actually don't know, because she said it to me in second person, and she said, the speed that you think is the speed that you write and talk. And I don't know if she meant just me, because I talk, think, and speak too fast, or if she meant every human. Or if it's more like a universal you. Yeah, oh, and read was also in there. It's also the speed that you or we or I all do the thing. I like that notion. I think that's definitely true of you. Too fast. I think actually you're slower when you read 
than you are when you write or talk. Well, because, oh, like, read out loud? Or yeah, read? like, read, do a reading. I mean, oh, I actually don't know how I'm you read in your so head. I'm trying so hard. Yeah. Like, I must be slower. Yeah. Or else. Yeah. And then I speak extemporaneously on this podcast, and it all goes to shit, because I talk really fast. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Gilmore Girls, but different. Yeah. Because we're still two brunette white women talking we to are. each other. <laughs> it's true, fundamentally. No matter what color Cade's hair actually is, she is still a brunette. Just don't tell other people. No. Why we're friends. <laughs> uh, the A-plot of Jackie Might Leave, you're still here. I'm still here. I know, I actually, well... I know, I'm like, we're, like, this is our, is this our seventh episode that we're recording? Yeah, it feels kind of self-centered to be like, I didn't think I would be here this long. No, I'm delighted to still be here. We have grad degrees, we should have jobs. Yes, we <laughs> I should. I said pointedly to the world. Yes, we should. <laughs> and if the reason I don't have a job is this podcast, what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got rejected from a job that I wanted, like, a week or two ago, oh, and I man. was like, oh, it's a heartbreak. I got rejected from a job that I didn't really want, but in a town that I did want to live in oh, the other day. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, world, if you're hiring, we're available. We are. Although Jackie's available everywhere, and I'm available either remotely or in Columbus. Can yes. We, can we just, like, hype ourselves? Yes. Is that okay? I feel like sometimes we hype other people, too. I feel like, like, the last point we're going to leave you with... Is rate, review, and subscribe. And also hire us. <laughs> and if you can do both, that's ideal. We now have a rating in the iTunes store, and it's five stars. It's five because stars. Because enough people did ratings. Uh, yeah, but it's super exciting. And we've been getting a bunch of listens on our SoundCloud, yep. and that's really nice. And according to Tyler, my fiancé, the character who's present but not, yes. uh, we're available on CastBox, even though I couldn't figure out how to get us there. But oh apparently somehow we ended up there. Well, good. So you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and CastBox. Yes. And if you are so moved, feel free to tweet about us. We reply, usually. We're, to everything. We're a fun person, collectively, <laughs> to talk to on Twitter. Uh, and we haven't gotten any hate speech yet. So, no. Which isn't an invitation. It's no. Just a, it's just a good a good thing. It's actually, it's more so an invitation to interact with us because you won't have to deal with trolls because they haven't yes. found us yet. Yep. So find us in this window before the trolls do. <laughs> okay. Okay, bye. Bye.